Meet Calvin. Hi. Calvin won 50 bucks off his roommate. That's because Calvin has the iHeartRadio app. iHeartRadio. Which he used to make a pasta song playlist. I'm a genioki. Calvin blasted this on repeat after betting his roommate couldn't complete a four-day juice cleanse. Oh, I can. The song Proper Pappardelle pushed him over the edge. Mm. I love carbs. Good thing Calvin is one of millions with the iHeartRadio app. Download it today and get paid to ruin your roommate's stupid cleanse. Like Calvin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Lineup. I'm Dave Prodan, and this is episode 176, an episode presented by Body Glove. Before we get to today's conversation, here are three surfing news items to keep in mind this week as you sit in your own lineups. First up, the Vans Pipemasters Special Event ran back-to-back days over the weekend, with current leaderboards being topped by five-time WSL champion Carissa Moore and two-time WSL champion John John Florence. Still more competition ahead, so we'll see where it all washes out, and you can watch it live at pipemasters.vans.com when the event resumes. Second up, last week, we highlighted some movements going on ahead of the 2024 Visla CT Shaper Rankings battle. We reported that Miguel Pupo is joining JS Surfboards alongside his younger brother, Samuel, and a number of other hitters. We also reported that Betty Lucicura Johnson had teased a change in who she was writing for. Turns out that change was from Roxy to Ruka, and she remains on Slater Designs as her board builder. A few more weeks to go before the start of the 2024 CT season, so we will keep an eye out in this space. Finally, a huge thank you to everyone who listens to and continues to support the podcast. The lineup took home three awards from this year's Signal Awards, so a big thank you for your support and a thank you to our executive producers, Jed Pearson, Tim Greenberg, our producer, Miguel Clemente, and everyone behind the scenes at the WSL that works on the lineup. All right. Episode 176. Today's guest is someone who is a former work colleague of mine, but in the last few years has gone back to being a professional surfer of increasing quality. Focusing primarily on free surfing and content creation, he's been supported by Body Glove, Celsius, Otis Eyewear, Sanook, and Laird Apparel. It's been just under three years since we last had him on the podcast, and a lot has happened to him since. We talk about all this and more. Please enjoy the lineups conversation with the South Bay's Hunter Jones. The good old clap, take one. That's right. How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did. I wanted to be a world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest? You can shut your lips. And then I'll just say, put him up once, let's go. He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. It's up here, boxing. All right, we are back. We have a very special guest for everyone today. He is a South Bay local who, every time I see him, he's surfing even better, which is saying something because he's always surfed really, really well. You, the listener, you've likely experienced him both in front of and behind the camera for a good chunk of content, especially for the World Surf League, where he started as an intern before moving onto a full-time role with the league as a social media coordinator for a period of time. Since then, he has entered the realm of professional surfing, backed by sponsors like Body Glove, Celsius, Laird Apparel, Otis Eyewear, Sanook, and many others. He's even been a hand model for commercials, Hello Zoolander, a stunt double for TV shows, a host of WSL originals like Detour, Surf Towns, which you can find on YouTube and World Surf League. He is a friend of the pod, if there has ever been one, having been on before in episode 57, so that was February 2021. Welcome back, Hunter Jones. Thank you for rejoining us on the lineup today. And yeah, that was over 100 episodes ago, which is uh, a lot's happened since then. So I think we have a lot to talk about. We sure do, man. Thanks for the killer intro. I appreciate it. Yeah, there's been a ton of episodes since then. It's been a while. I know. Hopefully I've gotten better at it. But uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you doing this. Um, you know, First things first, little scene set for the listeners. I'm recording from home in Oxnard. Where are you recording from today? Right now I'm in home in Manhattan Beach. I live here now. Um, I grew up here in the South Bay, but yeah, no surf here today. It's been pretty flat, but beautiful conditions. So that's always a pain, but uh, yeah, just at home right now. I like it. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about it for the listeners. Like, How would you describe 
what you do for a career right now. Like if, if someone just came in, you know, we're having drinks or coffee and I'm like, oh yeah, I work here. What do you do? How do you describe what you do day in and day out? Yeah. Um, I guess when people ask me what I do for a living, I say I'm a pro surfer. Um, I'm a free surfer. I'm not a competitive athlete, but aside from just surfing, I deal with a lot of content production, filmmaking. I say I'm a filmmaker as well. So it's really cool. I've been able to combine both of my passions with surfing and, you know, storytelling. So a lot of, you know, the modern day pro surfer is really their own content production team as well. And I think, mm. um, yeah, it's really cool that I've been able to combine both of those passions. So that's kind of the nature of what I do on a day to day. And it's really fun. You know, in the intro, I was saying you started out when we met as a really, really good surfer and you're, you're much, much better now, which is saying something, but that wasn't all just gas either. You mentioned just oh, now thanks. that, you know, you're a professional surfer, you're a professional free surfer, you're not a competitive surfer, but you've obviously been in the trenches at the very, very highest levels of competitive surfing. You've seen the men and women on the championship tour. You've seen their routines, you've seen their approaches. If you had to take like an objective lens between, you know, the surfing that you do or the surfing that you see, you know, as a free surfer and that kind of career, and then the level of surfing at the CT, what are, what are some of the key differences and key similarities to you? Just, just personally speaking. Well, I think as a free surfer compared to a competition surfer, you're definitely training for different things. I mean, you, you see the guys on the CT and the women on the CT who their world is revolved around, you know, competition. And I feel like that can be stressful, but also there's a huge reward at the end of that. You know, they're all competing for a world title. They're competing for these accolades that will go down in history and um, their regimen and their training all go, go towards that one goal. I think on the free surfing side, you're more of a free agent where you're kind of creating your own schedule. You know, you're going on trips, you're creating content, you're working with brands, you're, you know, your success comes from you. And that's a whole other level of pressure, um, which, you know, they're both equal in their own right. But I think for me, my job every day is to like, be a presence on social, provide the mm -hmm. best possible content I can to my sponsors and, you know, really just try and be like relatable. I want people to like, feel like they know me and, um, yeah, it's like just such a gift that I get to call surfing my job and I have so many incredible sponsors that back me and, you know, I have a huge level of respect for everyone on tour because they're at such a different level and you've seen the landscape of surfing change drastically in the past few mm. decades where, you know, surfing's taken way more seriously now than it ever has before. Right. It's interesting to hear you talk about that too, because I think for a lot of us growing up and probably a lot of surf fans today, the idea of a free surfer seems really dreamy. You're like, yeah, bintangs and barrels will be on a boat trip. This sounds fantastic. But, you know, I think more and more we're hearing from people like yourself, other, other professionals in the free surfing world, even CT surfers that, you know, maybe step away from the CT after, after years on tour. And there, there's, at least kind of a common theme when you talk to them where you go like, it's a lot of work. Like it's way more work than people think. And, and even in terms of, um, I'll just go to some of the CT surfers who, who I'm still close with. One of the, the, the major points they make is they're like, well, now that I'm still a professional surfer and now that my job is putting out content and being relevant, still surfing at a very high level, there's almost a paralysis of opportunity because they're like, at least on tour, I'm like, well, I'm going to Jeffrey's Bay next week. I'm going to go try to find some rights to prep for, right? Or I'm going to go, you know, we've got pipe coming up. I'm going to, I'm going to go somewhere and, and try to get some barrels to warm up or whatever it is. As a free surfer, it's a little bit like choose your own adventure. So, so that lack of structure is a big challenge for a lot of them being like, man, I used to have my whole year planned out. And now, yes, like my sponsors want me to do certain things, but it's really choose your own adventure. Does, do you experience that as a free surfer too, where you're like, I can kind of do anything, but I really have to be focused and deliver some things for my, my, my supporters here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I'm here in California. So I think there's a huge advantage being kind of in the limelight of sponsors mm. and brands. Um, and you kind of want to be in your own zone, but yeah, you can get carried away with going on any surf trip or 
joining your buddies on a trip or doing something like that. And um, yeah, I think there's, you have to take a, a certain level of responsibility to hone in on the things, you know, the brands and the people that are supporting you and give them the best that you can. And yeah, I think it can be tricky too. Like you don't want to like fall off the map and just go do all these trips. You want to be, you know, an asset. And, uh, you know, I think for me, I've been focused on, you know, those things like where I want to like be the guy that's willing to do the things that other athletes may not be willing to do. And I think that's given me a bit of an advantage, whether that's like speaking on camera or, mm. you know, go getting some, going on a trip with body glove and getting the lifestyle stuff and being okay with that. And, you know, I embrace all those things and I think being easy to work with and, um, all those things play into like being a good athlete and a good representative and yeah, free surfing's, a, you know, it's a pleasure and it's a joy. I'm glad you brought body glove up. You know, we had your teammate, Nolan Raposa, maybe on the last pod, I'm not sure which, which one that's dropping or whatever, but he had these great points about body glove and he's like, it's a family run business that they're so unique and they're so core and the products are fantastic. And as he and I were talking, I said, so interesting because they've been a player in surfing for decades forever and have had like elite level talent. I mean, for, for a number of years, they, they had partnered up pretty closely with the Volcom team, right? Where, you know, your Bruce Irons and your Gavin Beshans and, um, your, uh, Dean Morrison's and Alex Gray's were all body glove team riders as well. And then they've mm -hmm. always kind of done things their own way and done things their own way in a way that's been successful, but have never kind of been labeled as like, you know, one of the big four in the industry in the, in, in sort of a previous incarnation, w what's been your experience working with body glove? Obviously, you know, they're an LA based company You're an LA based surfer. There's so much DNA overlap, but just, mm -hmm. but as a surf fan and then a professional surfer, how's it been for you working with body glove? Yeah. Body glove has been such a huge supporter. It's really, um, you know, a pleasure to work with them. Cause you know, I grew up here in the South Bay in Westchester and they're a South Bay brand, you know, born and raised here. So they were the first sponsor that I had that really backed me and signed me on saying, Hey, you're a pro surfer. Let's go shoot some content. Let's go do some trips. And, you know, they have so much heritage behind them. Like you named, they have so many incredible surfers from Bruce Irons to Greg Browning to Alex Gray to Matt Pagan. And those are all people that I looked up to and you know, now I'm a part of the athlete roster or I've been a part of the brand for I think three years now. And yeah, they've just, you know, they developed one of the first West suits and, um, the technology has come so far, you know, we just did a surf trip to Iceland and I wasn't really bothered by the cold at all. So it's really a pleasure to be a part of that brand and everyone there is so rad. I mean, I think some of the people on my, on the team are some of my favorite surfers. And it's just so cool to like go on trips with them. And also like outside of surfing, they're huge in like all water sports from scuba diving, wakeboarding. So they cover a vast majority of water sports. And I think, you know, there's just so much history behind the brand and it's rad to be a part of that crew. That's awesome. And as you said, they're a huge supporter of um, just free surfing trips and even places that are historically a little bit off the beaten path for, for surfers, as I said, you know, been pangs and barrels and board shorts or whatever, but you know, body glove being a wetsuit company for sure. They're like, well, we're going to go somewhere that's perceivably pretty inhospitable. We'll see how the, the gear holds up. And you mentioned the Iceland road trip. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like how did this come up uh, for you as a free surfer? Who'd you go with and, and what were your experiences like in Iceland? Yeah. Iceland was probably the, coolest surf trip I've ever been on. Uh, Dane Anderson, Jesse Mendez and I went on a 12 day road trip through Iceland and, uh, we rented a van and yeah, Dane had been there three times. So he's kind of the expert and he knows where to look. And, uh, yeah, we basically jumped on a flight, flew into Iceland. It's two, six hour flights to get there. And, you know, just stepped into this place, this country that I've never been before. It was so cool to go to a place that I've never been before, you know, and something so untraditional surfing in like extreme cold water with icebergs, you know, you're surrounded by glaciers and waterfalls. It's unlike anywhere I've ever been. So to go to a place with no real expectations was something that really excited me. 
And, uh, yeah, you know, going there on a surf trip, it's a lot more than just surfing. I got mm-hmm. to feel kind of more like an explorer. Um, cause everything was so new and you can't really plan a surf trip there because the conditions change all the time. So, you know, if it looks bad, it's almost a good thing because you think it might change and be good. <laughs> but <laughs> right. yeah, it was uh, it was a trip. Well, you mentioned we Dane Anderson. Yeah, well, I was going to ask about that because you mentioned Dane Anderson had been there a few times. And I think for any surfer, anytime you go somewhere new, you're always like, all right, who's got the experience here? It's like, should we go out now? It's like, no, it's like sharky hour or like no the tide's gonna drop it's gonna go to shit or whatever but i'm curious as to like when you're in iceland and you're looking at it does it ever cross your mind where you're like dane is it too cold to surf right now or are we gonna be all right like is that the primary concern there yeah i remember my first surf it was blown out and windy and we were at this point break it was just us and uh i was I was nervous to put my wetsuit on because I didn't know what to expect. And uh, you imagine these freezing duck dives and ice cream headaches. And, you know, we got the wetties on and paddled out and it wasn't actually too bad. The water is around 42 degrees, 43. So it was totally really cold. But uh, yeah, you know, that just made it that much more exciting um, to like put on all that rubber and be a part of the elements. And we ended up absolutely scoring we surf this point break with just us out you're surrounded by these snow-capped mountains in a fjord and uh it was literally just us trading waves you could pick the wave you wanted which was so unlike any other surf trip where you're typically battling for waves and uh gosh it was breathtaking i love it we're gonna take a, a quick break to get a word in from our sponsors and we'll be right back WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. All right, we are back. This is the lineup. I'm Dave Prodan here with Hunter Jones. Hunter, you know, since you're last on the podcast, there was another huge transition that you made as a professional surfer. You signed with uh, Laird Apparel, which is Laird Hamilton's company. And I I was just on a trip to the North Shore and and was talking to kind of some locals about a variety of topics. And the topic of, well, you know, all these surfers, you know, the, the best surfers at Pipe or the best surfers on the CT or the best surfers in the free surfing world are, you know, heroes to like the the general population of like me and everyone else in the surfing world. He goes, but even those heroes have heroes and that's a very tiny group, you know, the surfer surfer or someone that really pushes the boundaries for even the most elite surfers on the planet. And Laird is someone who constantly 
comes up when you mention the the rarefied atmosphere of that select group. And so getting to surf directly for him and getting to surf uh, with that company is is quite the achievement. Can you give us some background as to what your experience was with Laird before you joined the company, if any, and then what it's been like um, being one of their primary ambassadors? Yeah, joining the Laird Apparel team is a dream come true. Uh, it's really a full circle moment for me. Uh, I grew up, the first surf movie I watched, my parents got me step into liquid. And I vividly remember his feature in the film and watching him, you know, surf Jaws and surf Choku, that iconic Choku left uh, where he's, you know, stalling with his back arm. And, <laughs> you know, those, those images were cemented in my brain as a kid. And, you know, that movie as a whole really wanted to make me become a surfer. And now to be in this stage of my career riding for his company is really a dream come true. It's, uh, you know, the products are incredible. Laird himself is an absolute legend. He's so willing to teach and, you know, help push you to be the best athlete that you can be. So I've had the opportunity to train with him at his house, meet him and Gabby and be a part of, you know, creating some products right now, my own little collection, which is really cool. And um, yeah, it's just been such a cool full circle moment for me, really. How'd you hold up in the, uh, the, the compound training with Laird and Gabby? <laughs> oh, the training is all time. It's <laughs> super stressful. Um, right. <laughs> we do a lot of, he teaches a lot of oxygen deprivation training. So we're in mm. his pool and basically you have this 25 pound dumbbell strapped to your chest. You go to the deep end, you dive down and you paddle up you try and get like two or three strokes, take one breath and go all the way down. And you do that about 10 times. And by the end of it, you're absolutely gassed. And he's like, all right, go swim across the pool with one breath. And uh, you're doing cycles of that. We're jumping in the sauna. We're doing ice baths. And uh, yeah, it's really just preparing yourself for stressful moments in the ocean and in life. I think it's translated to multiple areas of my life. But uh, right. the training he does is next level. Yeah, I was going to ask about that because it's it seems like even for our listeners too, like, is it a situation where you go and you train at you know Shangri La or Mount Olympus or wherever he and Gabby live, right? Um, <laughs> you train there. It, it, it's it's a controlled environment. You get a specific regimen. Do you get to take anything home with you? Not, and not like actual things, but just training techniques where you're like, I'm going to work on this every day. Or is it something specifically with that kind of workout where you're like, I need to be there and I need that kind of guidance. And maybe, or maybe it's a mix. Yeah. You know, I think going through those training sessions with Laird, it's really, I mean, the whole basis of it is that oxygen deprivation and putting your body through stressful courses and I think doing the ice, the extreme ice baths and the extreme saunas has really translated, I think, to my surfing where, you know, I have an ice bath here at home. I have a jacuzzi that I use as my uh, placeholder sauna. But I think doing those things and putting yourself in that environment where you're like, this isn't something I necessarily want to do and being uncomfortable mm. and finding peace in that stressful moment has really translated to when I'm taking a beating in the ocean and being like, okay, I'm in this moment. It sucks right now, but I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get out of this. And you think about that when you're in the ice bath, like this is freezing cold. I don't really want to do this, but it's going to be okay. I'm going to get out of it. So that piece has really translated to my surfing and uh, I guess, you know, just living life and being stressed and being able to handle that stress and harness it and realizing that, you know, everything's going to be fine. I like it. Laird is arguably uh, one of the first, if not the only professional surfers to be post paddle, right? Um, in the sense where he's like a paddled everything. I'm, I'm now toe surfing <laughs> and was a huge pioneer of toe surfing at spots like, you know, Peahi and Chopu and, and a number of other places. The South Bay, not world renowned for toe surfing waves, but I'm wondering now that you're a, a layered apparel team rider, if he's like, Hey Hunter, it's time to grab the rope. We got to go on a trip. Are you going to be pushing into that realm at all? <laughs> you know, if Laird said, Hey, I want you to go, I want to tell you into a wave at Jaws. I would definitely have to think about it. <laughs> 
I I've surfed some big waves, but I've never done anything of that nature. You know, he's just such an inspiration. You know, he's, you look at what he's done. He's so good at every element of surfing, whether that's foiling, big wave surfing, paddling, prone paddle, whatever it might be. And you look at the guys like Kai Lenny and, you know, mm-hmm. they probably picked up a lot of that from what he pioneered in the sport. So I'm willing to take any little hints of advice that he has for me. And if he wants to tow me into a wave, uh, I might have to consider it. I know we, we dove into this uh, last time we talked. This is episode 57. So we're not going to relitigate everything here. But, but I do think it's worth it for the listeners and even getting your perspective now that we're, I don't know, almost three years removed from that conversation. Just on, on the, the trajectory of your career, right? Because like a lot of surfers, I'm sure we all had dreams of being a professional surfer early on, but that wasn't the first place that you went. You know, you you had a career, you're doing other things and your surfing continued to sharpen and you as sort of a valuable ambassador became even more valuable. Um, and you became a professional surfer after that. So maybe heat check me on my understanding of that, if that is accurate. And you're like, yeah, it's a little bit unorthodox. And even now, and I know you spoke about it a little bit in the first segment, how do you, how do you view your role a, a, as a professional surfer right now evolving and how long do you think you can do this? Yeah. I mean, I definitely came from the professional world, world first. I mm. was a surfer growing up. I started when I was 10 years old and surfing in the ocean were one place and thing that made me feel like myself, like most myself. And I've always stayed true in my life to those things, specifically the things that I feel like I do the best. And I was always pursuing those things. And for me, it was surfing and making videos. Um, So yeah, I worked for the World Surf League for a number of years running social. And I learned so many valuable, valuable pieces about running a company running events and, um, you know, navigating the social media world and creating content daily. So that really equipped me, I think, for the next stage of my professional career as a professional surfer. And um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm so fortunate to be in the position that I am, you know, for me, as a surfer, I want to like inspire the next generation. And I want to be, you know, a positive force in the surf world and show you people that, you know, you can do anything that you put your mind to. Um, You know, that's what my dad engraved in my brain as a kid, you know, do hard things and, uh, you know, go against the grain and do anything that you want to do. So that's what I did. And I'm so fortunate to have that support, you know. And yeah, I, I I'm so blessed to be backed by sponsors and I'm trying to make it last for as long as I possibly can. And, um, yeah, I'm just really enjoying the journey of it all. I, I, I love that just slight revision on, on, on what I was saying too, because I think that's interesting as well. I, I think in the surfing world and with the surfing industrial complex being what it is, there, there's, this kind of trajectory that gets set for young talent where it's like, all right, you're 12, 13, 14, you're showing a lot of promise. We're going to put you on this pathway. And then you either have to kind of get better and better and better and better, or that's it, you know, and, and probably throughout the last several decades, there's been so many surfers at each level that were like, I can't get to the next level. I'm out, you know, for whatever reason. But I think more and more we're seeing really high level surfers go, well, just because, you don't get to that next level on that same timeline or that you maybe your interests wane and you want to do something else for a period of time doesn't mean you can't come back, you know, and another surfer that, that has done that recently to great success is someone like Ian Gentile on tour. You know, Ian was the most celebrated 12 year old on the planet when he was 12 and Mm -hmm. he had all the big contracts and all the attention and, um, kind of was one of those surfers that people thought, well, I guess they fizzled, you know, but when you talk to him, he's like, look, I I did, I got burned out. You know, I wasn't getting the results I wanted. I wasn't progressing the way I wanted. I was having difficulty with sponsors and I went away and I went to school, you know, and for so many people, whether it's, you know, going to school or going on doing something completely different or, or getting a job, it's, not the end of the professional surfing career. It's just a little bit of a breather. And sometimes that breather makes you come back with, with even more ability and with even more drive. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, 
the your ability to my ability to create is my greatest superpower i think you know um and learn from everyone else who's done it before me and taking inspiration from people like ian or like from free surfers that i've watched growing up or you know surfers on ct that have followed their dreams and followed their passions and um yeah you know i think now the modern day pro surfer can look like a ton of different things i think um you can do the competitive side and if you're over that you can jump into if you have a solid following and invest in the people that support you and back you i think that your opportunities are really endless and i think yeah that nature of what it means to be a pro surfer has changed and i think that's the cool thing you know surfing's for everyone and maybe your thing isn't you know being on camera, shooting products, shooting things for brands. But I think uh, everyone has the opportunity to make something of themselves. And for me, I just wanted to do that through surfing and through my passions. And it's cool to see everyone kind of finding their own way in that regard. Yeah, that's really cool. We're now kind of, we're recording. It's uh, December 11th, 2023. You mentioned you're in the South Bay at home, you know, what does the winter season look like for you at home? Are you someone that, Hey, if there's waves, I'm surfing every day, I'm filming, I'm getting content. Or for you, is it like, look, this isn't the time of year for me. I'm going to try to book a trip somewhere and get some work done. Yeah. Um, I typically love to be home in the winter from fall through spring. You know, our winter season here in the South Bay is pretty good. Um, I love to just, you know, I know where to look, I know what the swell directions, what the winds, what the tides are doing. And I love, you know, being able to be comfortable in a place that I surf every day and, you know, like be on it when it's good. So last year we had, you know, one of the best winters we've had in several decades. It was one of the biggest swells to hit the South Bay. And, you know, I surfed some of the biggest waves I've ever had here. And yeah, you know, this place has really molded me into the surfer that I am today. So I feel really comfortable here and I love surfing with friends and family and, you know, all the upcoming, you know, athletes coming out of the South Bay. There's some really promising surfers here. So it's cool to just be a part of the mix. And, um, yeah, I think, um, you know, the South Bay community really backed me as I was getting into my surfing career. And, you know, it's just cool to like be here in the winter and yeah, I hope to travel to Hawaii, um, in the next coming months. And, you know, if any trip comes up or any, you know, little project, I might be in and out of here, but definitely like being here in the winter. You know, since you, you stepped away from the WSL and, and, and really took a crack at the, the pro surfing stuff, what's been the best trip you've been on? If you had to pick one. I mean, we already talked about it, but I think the best trip I've been on since leaving the WSL had to be Iceland. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'll, I'll give you one specific story that like is really the surfer's dream. It was one of the last days of our trip and we were driving on the highway. The beach was a couple miles away. You could see little waves breaking. We went to check a spot. We're like driving down the highway. We're like, I think that's a good wave, but it was inaccessible because there was this glacier fed uh, riverbed that was breaking or like drawing out into the ocean. So you couldn't really get to it, but we went and checked the wave. It was really bad. And then we were like, let's go look at that wave. And we pulled off to the road as close as we could get to the ocean, launched the drone to fly and see and check the waves. And we saw these perfect A-frame peaks spitting. And we were like, I think it's really good, <laughs> but how do we get there? So we ended up just pulling the trigger, hiking through this river. Um, there's all these like little, river mouths breaking from a glacier that was melting. So it's like this brown water it was about a 30 to 40 minute walk. And we get to the beach and it was like absolutely firing. And it was one of those moments where you're like, this is why I'm a surfer. Um, so it was literally myself, Dane and Jesse trading off A-frame tubes at a beach with not another soul around. And it was like one of those moments that you live for as a surfer. And I think that in combination with the adventure and experiencing a country I've never been to before and seeing the landscape made for just the most rewarding surf trip I've ever been on. 
I love it. That's a great answer. You know, you mentioned, uh, you know, coming up on, on potentially going to Hawaii here in the next month or two, but looking at 2024, is there any trip that you have planned out or any location that you're, you're really considering going or even beyond that, like any particular content project that you're, you're excited to work on? Yeah. Next year, um, I would love to go surf cloud nine. Uh, it's a dreamy right hand tube and I've talked about doing that kind of trip. I want to go to Ireland and surf some more cold water waves. There's some really cool slabs there. Um, and yeah, just for me, I'm just trying to put myself in a position to progress. I think surfing here in the South Bay can get pretty monotonous and you're surfing the same thing over and over again. So for me in my surf career, I'm just trying to like put myself in the best waves as often as I can. Sometimes I'm stuck here at home and getting projects done and, and surfing with the boys, but yeah, next year I'd love to surf some waves I've never surfed before. And I'd love to put out my own film. I've been working on a, a concept called thank you surfing. So I'm in the works of developing that and, uh, yeah, I have some, I'm putting out a film around Iceland, which is really exciting. A little short film from the whole trip and yeah, just trying to continually progress, I guess. I love it. We're going to take uh, one more break and we will be right back. Hey, I hear you think podcasts are all about true crime, huh? Well, wise guy, the iHeartRadio app's got all kinds of podcasts. We got stuff you should know and stuff they don't want you to know. We got Bobby Bones, Big Boy, and Lou Later. We got SpongeBob Binge Pants and Exotic Erotic Storytime. We got Doughboys, Two Dudes in a Kitchen, Green Eggs and Dan. Hey, we got ElfQuest. We got podcasts for everything on the iHeartRadio app for free. If you don't download that, well, that's not just a true crime, my friend. That's criminal. Manduka was founded in 1997 with the simple idea that a better yoga mat could make a world of difference. For generations, Manduka has revolutionized the yoga space by providing purposely crafted products that enable a more joyful practice, whatever that looks like for you. The collaboration between Manduka and Jerry Lopez honors Jerry's profound dedication to both surfing and yoga disciplines. The limited edition collection showcases Jerry's signature camouflage print inspired by his surfboards. It fuses his iconic surf style with Manduka's commitment to quality and sustainability, offering everyone a unique expression of their practice. We all know that having the right gear is essential and a yoga mat is no different. Feel the benefits of yoga with Manduka's soulfully engineered, eco-friendly products designed to inspire your practice wherever you go. The Manduka and Jerry Lopez collection want to inspire you to practice yoga however you choose to. And from now until June 10th, you will get 15% off of all products when you visit manduka.com with the code THELINEUP15. That's manduka.com code the lineup 1515. All right, we are back. This is the lineup podcast. I'm Dave Prodan here with Hunter Jones. Uh, we spent the first two segments of this podcast talking about, you know, your career before and after your time at the World Surf League, you, your the last few years as a professional surfer for a number of sponsors and just your takes on a lot of things. But what what people might not appreciate about you is that you are a a a, a dead eye shot as far as a surf pundit goes. I think the last time you're on, which was way back in 2021, we talked about well, who's going to be winning the world titles in the next couple of years, and you said, "quote I want to see Felipe Toledo win a title." I think like, I think if he could, you know, just hone in on what he's really good at and, you know, being that we might have a different kind of type of tour this year, I think he might be able to, he can perform on anything and pull out, you know, eights, nines and tens on any kind of wave. So I think he has a lot of opportunity. I think Carolyn Marks is like the future of women's surfing and like, mm. she just rips so hard. And I think, you know, her backside is so good and i i like study her surfing so i think she'll be a force of of like crazy surfing for the next few few years for sure 
So two for two, um, as far as the reigning world champs go, you're basically surfing's Paul, the octopus at this point. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot for, for 2024. I want to, I want to get your, your theories on who's going to be doing what. So the first question Last year, we had the very first Vistla CT Shaper Rankings uh, battle, uh, which was won by Matt Biolis of Mayhem Surfboards. So he's the very first uh, Vistla CT Shaper of the year. If you're unfamiliar, uh, for our listeners who are unfamiliar as well, this is a, a season-long ranking. So it's every event. Uh, we count every event, no throwaways. Um, and similar to F1's Constructors Cup, we don't give participation trophies. We just do anyone that finishes in the quarters or better, men or women, the shaper gets to count those results. And so we had a, a really exciting year. We had a bunch of people kind of take the lead at different points. Um, and in the end, it boiled down to Mayhem, Sharpie, and DHD uh, going back and forth with Mayhem ultimately claiming the win. But if you were to look at the men's and women's fields and your understanding of board builders heading into 2024, which... CT Shaper is going to be the 2024 Vistla CT Shaper of the year. I'm claiming next year that Sharp Eye is going to take the cup. I think. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I've seen so many athletes jump on the program, and all the boards that are being ridden on tour look absolutely incredible. They're eye catching, and I've never ridden one, but it's you know you see them and it's like man i would love to try one out but that's a hot take but i'm gonna say that sharp eye is gonna take the cup i like it we'll put you on the record and while while you <laughs> mentioned it who who do you write for these days because it's worth plugging your own shaper as well yeah you know actually i don't have a board sponsor at the moment i've been riding ci's a lot um i love their equipment i've also been experimenting with some twin fins Matt Pagan shapes, uh, he has his own brand called Pagan USA. And it's been really fun to get on some alternative crafts and kind of change my perception on what it is to ride a wave riding these twin fins. It's taught me a lot and translated a lot to riding shortboards and thrusters. So I've been taking, you know, my twin fins out to the point breaks here in California and just been having an absolute blast on them. They've opened my mind to a new side of my surfing. And I really thank Matt Pagan for that. So yeah, and I just got a couple mayhems. So I'm kind of all over the board, but yeah, really just excited to ride all different types of crafts. Well, it's nice that the you your value of the Vistla CT Shaper rankings has led to your consumption of the winner Mayhem Surfboard. So we'll put that another little pat on the back for us for the the rankings. <laughs> but Matt Pagan, like fantastic surfer in his own right, and then I do think it's cool. Like I, I, obviously, this isn't a recent phenomenon. You can probably track it back to. You know, uh, lost surfboards is like five, five by 19 and a quarter, like the renaissance of high performance surfing on twin fins. And it seems that there's every, every, every major board builder has a high performance twin fin. And, and when you see high level surfers get on them and you see the different lines they draw and how in a lot of ways, there's not a huge um, compromise or deficit when they move off their Ferrari thrusters to a twin fin. And in a lot of conditions, it's advantageous. It, it is really cool to see, see that. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I think, um, being well-versed on di all different types of equipment really lends to being a more well-rounded surfer. Um, and being, you know, and it also just makes surfing a lot more fun, just jumping on something that's untraditional or something that like you're not used to and it informs, you know, the other side of your surfing. So it's cool. I always love watching, you know, guys like Mikey Feb and, uh, Mason Ho and, yeah. all these guys mess around on all these fun boards and uh yeah i think you know surfing's fun so you should embrace all the elements and uh all the different types of equipment that we have available i like it so on the record sharp eye according to you is gonna be the 2024 this ct shaper of the year Let's next go. question for the uh super pundit is rookies of the year so last year we saw ian gentile who we actually referenced earlier and katie simmers claim uh rookie of the year titles um i will i'll read them out for you just so you got your options right so on the women's side uh the two true rookies joining the tour are sawyer Limblad and Alyssa spencer both u.s surfers who'd you pick out of those two i think sawyer Limblad 
will be rookie of the year on the women's side. Um, I surfed with her at lowers. She's an incredible athlete. And um, yeah, I think the women, the younger generation is coming up and really challenging, um, you know, the top level surfers, the people that we always see in the top five or the top 10. And I think they're giving them a run for their money. And uh, yeah, they just bring such a new element to the sport and such progression. I think, you know, seeing them do airs and like, pushing people to go to that next level. Um, so I hope to see her do well. And I'd say she's my pick. Good choice. Good choice. Okay. For the men, we've got Cole Hauschmand, Jacob Wilcox, Crosby Colapinto, Eli Hanneman, and Cade Matson. So five true rookies joining the 2024 men's CT class. Who's your pick for rookie of the year? I'm saying rookie of the year on the men's side is going to be Cole Hauschman. Um, I think his surfing fits the criteria to a T. He's extremely powerful. He's got the airs. He's got the turns. And uh, I could really see him doing a Morgan Siblick, making the final five on his first year on tour and absolutely smoking guys. And yeah, it's I'm really stoked for this next year um, just to see some Americans on tour, that whole 2% crew. Um, you know, they're such great surfers every time i go surf lowers they're always so nice and say hey to me and um yeah i think seeing crosby on tour will be sick i think Cade's going to be incredible so i'm rooting for all those san clemente boys and yeah but my pick for rookies going to be uh cole houseman last two guesses for uh 2024 who are going to be the world champions when the dust settles <laughs> all right a lot of pressure on this one um I think on the men's side, I'm claiming Felipe is going to do a three-peat. Mm. I think he's going to get his third world title. He's going to, I think he'll dominate the tour. I think he's in an incredible headspace. And yeah, I think it's going to also like push his fellow Brazilians like Italo and, and Gabe to rise and get their next world titles. And um, yeah, I just think he's been on fire. You know, Felipe has been you know, one of my favorite surfers ever since I started surfing, I think we're just about the same age. And, uh, yeah, I, I love his rail surfing. I think he's one of the fastest and best surfers on tour. So I hope to see him go three in a row. I like it. And on the women's side, on the women's side, I'm claiming Tatiana Weston Webb is going to win the world title. Uh, <laughs> she came super close and you know she's a fellow body glove athlete so of course i'm rooting for her but she so deserves a title she works harder than anyone she has an incredible backhand and she's really comfortable in the tube so i'm excited to see her year on tour and i'm claiming she's winning the title in 2024. see there's sort of um 3d chess going on with us asking you for your picks again because that means you're going to have to come back on the podcast at the end of the year we can talk about whether they're right or not so we're Let's we're pre-booking you for 2024. We'll um, check my schedule we'll do it. <laughs> um, we did put some questions out for you amongst the uh the instagram community at the lineup pod and uh, we, got a, we got a bunch back you're a very popular guy but we did whittle <laughs> them down to uh three and the first one is from uh someone we've already talked about this i think uh at Matt underscore Pagan asks, if you had unlimited budget to create a film, what would you do? Wow, that is such a good question. Um, if I had unlimited budget to create a film, I would go hire someone to take me to waves that may have never been ridden before, document the surfs, try and plan it around a specific swell that we would hopefully guarantee to get some good waves and then document the people and the culture that surround that location. And I have no idea where that would take me, but I know I'd definitely find some really interesting things. And, uh, yeah, just for me, I love telling stories and, um, you know, that like fires me up getting to learn about people that surf these places every day or, and, or people that, you know, um, have these incredible places around them that maybe they don't know about and getting to take some people out surfing. And, uh, yeah. So I think something along those lines would be really special and really rewarding. 
That's a great answer. I, I will add that in the future, I think it's worth potentially referencing that Charlie Kaufman film, Synecdoche, New York. Did you ever see that? I haven't. Oh, man. You gotta, you're going to have to I'll check it out. List. So it stars uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's a very heady film, but essentially his character receives a, a MacArthur Fellowship, which just invests in sort of a perpetual pursuit of art. And so he he embarks on creating this play where it's just never done, you know, and they're constantly rehearsing. And I think the avenue on this, if money is not a, is not an issue is to go, yeah, I'm going to do like the endless summer version of cynic Doge New York, and I will never have to present it to anyone and it will never be finished. And I will always have to go to these places. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at what like Dylan Graves is doing with weird waves. I think it's, he's a, it's awesome. Yeah. Waves that you wouldn't, ever think of it could be the ocean or some lake or some river you know and uh yeah i think uh that's a cool thing about surfing it's endless i like it uh second question is from at sean russell who uh instructs ask about his experience in costa rica this september as well as the iceland board tragedy oh man yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> This summer, I had the opportunity to go to Costa Rica. We had a really cool surf trip, and I uh, ended up getting to surf Witch's Rock, which was like a check off the bucket list. You know, I grew up watching the Endless Summer movies, and uh, just to surf that wave was such a treat. It was just me and my buddies. We took the boat out, jumped off the boat, and uh, yeah, just got to take in Witch's Rock and all its glory, and such a beautiful place. Um, I've been to Costa Rica a couple times. They have some really incredible waves to be ridden, to be found. And um, it's a place I would definitely love to go back to. Iceland, board tragedy, surfer's worst nightmare. I, <laughs> last day of our trip. So some backstory. We were sleeping in the van for the 12 days that we were staying there. So every night we would throw our boards underneath the van and sleep in the truck or sleep in the van. And um, it was the last day of the trip. And we had pulled up to the spot, slept there, the wave that we were going to surf the next morning. And I just remember being in my sleeping bag, half awake, and Dane, who was driving the van, hit the gas. And I remember just feeling the car move. I was like, Dane, wait, the boards. And I got out of the car. <laughs> I thought he was joking at first. He's like, dude, I think I owe you a lot of money. I was like, oh, you're, he's, he's joking around. And I get out and... Uh, the board that I had shaped specifically the, for the trip, which was a twin fin that Matt had shaped me, was absolutely ran over. Tire marks <laughs> across the bottom of it. it looked like an ASIM. <laughs> and uh, that board was absolutely done. So I actually ended up just putting up that board in the Laird Apparel store in Manhattan Beach. So people can go <laughs> check it out. And uh, we're going to do a little like QR code scan so you can like get the whole story. But yeah, that board's absolutely done and it'll only have ever been written in Iceland. So it's uh, it's kind of special, actually. <laughs> there you go. You, you brought it back. That's a good, maybe that's like the next like Halloween season, like horror stories is just like doing a series on like, you know, board tragedies because everyone's got a story, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, that's absolutely. a good one. It's, it's crazy. All I've, I've had, I think five pagan shapes and my roommate ran over two of them in my garage oh. And uh, this one got ran over in Iceland. So I'm hoping it's not a trend. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, third question is from a longtime listener uh, at Avant Surfwax, who asks, what surf wax do you use? Which is either a, a very unsubtle uh, promotional question or um, maybe just legitimate uh, market research. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I love using Foo Wax. I typically never buy it, so I only use it when it's given to me. Um, other than that, I'm always buying sticky bumps. They are my favorite. And uh, I also have some wax by Surf Organic. They are a company out of Australia. They've sent me a few cases. It goes really good. It's organic surf wax and uh, it's super sticky. So, you know, anything that keeps my feet glued to the board, I'll use. But uh, I think Foo Wax takes the cup. Great. Well, thanks to everyone who wrote in at, at the lineup pod. We are now down to our final segment, which is the lightning round. 
So here are 10 questions for you to answer as quickly as you can. You did do this once before and I have your answers. So we will check for consistency. <laughs> if you could only have one board set up for the rest of your life, single fin, twin fin, thruster, quad bonzer, or finless, which would you choose? Thruster. Okay. I was wondering, you, you sing in the twin fin praises. I was wondering if that was going to update. We'll get, next time we bring you back, you'd be like twin fin. Yeah. Uh, next sure. question. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Yep. Uh, burrito or pizza? Burrito. Okay. Consistent. Now, if you're consistent here, we're going to have some issues. Last book you read? You know, I was thinking about this one, and I'm just going to be completely transparent. Uh, I haven't read a book in a while. I am not the best reader. I, my mind goes crazy. I can't stay focused. So I haven't read a book in a while. And uh, I think what I mentioned last time was a book called Do Hard Things. So if you're looking for a book to read, that's a good one. And I am looking to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad soon. So that's on my list. Honest and also well-remembered. I'm all for that. That's good. <laughs> uh, best surf film ever? Modern Collective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One wave you never have to go back to. You've been to a lot more waves now. Maybe you got one. one. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, Doheny. Okay. I don't have to go surf that wave. It's it's a cool wave. It's it's fun. There's a lot of people out, and uh, it's a cruisy one, but I don't need to surf it. There you go. If you only get to surf one wave for the rest of your life. <sighs> um... Gosh, uh, I'm going to say lower trestles. Oh, interesting. You said uppers last time. Um, fair. Both answers are very fair. Uh, best <laughs> person to share a lineup with? Ooh. Um, best person to share a lineup with? Uh, <laughs> I'll say Tim Laney. It's my old roommate guy I grew up surfing with, one of my best friends, and he always makes it fun. Nice. Uh, worst person to share a lineup with? Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the guys in the top five. Or women. <laughs> they fair. <laughs> they, they come up a lot. Uh, last one. Finish this sentence. I will next achieve a state of happiness by... Waking up in the morning being grateful to live another day, a day that's not guaranteed and uh, doing the best to live out my purpose on this planet. Hunter Jones, thank you so much for coming back on the lineup and uh, congrats on all your success. Been enjoying watching it. I can't wait to see what you do next, man. I'm really proud of you. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Let's uh, get another one in the books for the end of next year. So that's it. That's the lineups conversation with the South Bay's Hunter Jones, an episode presented by Body Glove. I hope you enjoyed it. Today's episode is executive produced by Jed Pearson, Tim Greenberg, and myself, produced by Miguel Clemente, with art direction by Jason Penning and copywriting by Dan Willen. Thanks to them and thanks to our sponsors. We appreciate their support. The lineup acknowledges that it's recorded and produced on the ancestral lands of the Chumash and the Tongva native people. I hope you safely get some waves wherever you are, and we'll see you next Tuesday. WSLstore.com is powered by Shopify. We love the analytics we can check on the go. A lot of us are addicted to checking the Shopify app on our phones. We also love the automations and marketing integrations with our social and YouTube channels. It has incredible features to help us manage our global audience, including international taxation support and great shipping optionality. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash lineup, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash lineup now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash lineup. 